mean, you're never gonna fix it. You can't start and fuck it. This job's insane. Uh, that's probably why I like it so much. Delicious or impressive? Delicious is impressive. This is me winning. It's good. It's right, Chef. Thank you. Food's here, kitties. Welcome to the Bear Brigade, presented by Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. I'm Magna Mills, and I'm here with the Soup Deucer to talk about the bear from FX and Hulu. If you want to know where the beef is, I think it's in Chicagoland, or at least it was in season one. I'm Magna Mills, again, here just drinking Little Coors Light, doing it nice and chill-like, because I am very excited to talk about season one and season two, the upcoming season of the bear Soup Deucer, introduce yourself and tell us, you know, what you're sipping on tonight or whatever, 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 what you're what you're eating if you got something cool. Yeah, what's up, everybody? Uh, no, I just got done eating some Hanzo swordfish skewers, man. But uh, right now I'm just sipping on some bush ice. Certainly not elegant by any means, man. But I would definitely drink one of these and eat a fucking Chicago beef. I know that much, man. They'd probably pair together pretty well. We are here to talk about a show that uh, that, that I kind of like recently rewatched and really enjoyed a lot man and uh and it's something that pertains to me in my everyday life as well so it's a uh, it's something I've, I've been looking forward to bring bringing into uh bringing into regular dudes and all that so here we are we're going to talk about the bear man the bear coming up on season two here we're going to preview the trailer and we are going to recap a bit of season one man so uh where are we heading from here man this is it. This is the Bear Brigade presented by Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. Find us on YouTube, wherever you get your pods. Just search for Dudes Watch Stuff on social media at Dudes Watch Stuff. If you just learned to fly, you could sometimes forget when you land, you have to remember the flaps. Follow, like, and please subscribe. Helps other people find our show. We appreciate it. And I should point out that I'm I'm basically the, the regular dude here, and Soup is actually not a regular dude. He works in the restaurant industry. He spent a lot of time in a kitchen, so he's going to give us some of that insight into just how realistic the bear is when it comes to working in the kitchen, that kind of thing. So, uh, Soup, right before we get going, is there anything particular about you know your career experience as it pertains to the bear you'd like to highlight or anything like that? You know, not really offhand. I think as we go, I might be able to find some scenarios and shit that might, you know, uh, definitely relate and everything else. But as far as uh, how this is, you know, depicting the inner workings of a restaurant, I think it's pretty fucking spot on for the most point or for the most part. You know, it's uh, it, there's a lot of things with the verbiage and with some of the scenarios that, uh, you know, that happened throughout, again, another reason why I want to kind of wait and go through it and point some of these things out are, are definitely very uh, realistic and similar, though. That's, that's that's for sure. So let me say, other than the stress, what is the most realistic thing about working in a kitchen that you've seen on the bear? Time. Fucking time. If you notice, they're looking at that clock a lot. I mean, stress ties into time, but that time, that clock does not stop, man. And some things are very, very, a lot of things are very, very time sensitive. Pretty much everything is, really, when it comes to... Yeah, it's it kind of the to... reverse of a clock watcher in a cubicle, right? In the kitchen, the clock moves too fast, and the other job, it moves too slow. Yeah, yeah. It can, well, it can work against you, too, so it can definitely go the other way. Sometimes that clock does move too slow as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, for the most part, it's that crunch time and that, that sense, sense of urgency, you know, that, that they throw out there in a pretty good uh relative manner where you can yeah especially episode seven there of uh the the first season that was like yeah. i thought yeah. i was gonna have a panic attack watching that seeing all the the the, the, the tickets just keep coming off the printer right, that that was just uh, like that, that, like that, that triggered me you know, 
like, yeah, sometimes shit like that happens every day. You know, maybe not so that many. Yeah, I've worked in retail where that happens. You know, nothing, nothing, nothing. And everyone comes in all at the same time, of course. When, yeah, right so. when they're like, oh, you can go home for the night. You send the other person home or something, and then bam, you get killed. That's just, oh, you shit. know, I think that's somewhat universal for the service industry, that's retail, that kind of thing. To guarantee to get busy, man, if you want to fucking. You never you say it out loud, dude. That's one thing I think that's common. You never, it's like saying Macbeth in the theater. Like, you never do that shit. Uh, is there other side of the coin? Is there anything about the bear that you thought was not realistic or like overdone for drama or that kind of thing? There were probably a couple of little things here and there. I mean, obviously, they had to lean into certain storylines and whatnot, which is fine because you know it's a show going into it. You know, overall, I really think that did a pretty fucking good job i mean even with the you know the situations with the vendors everything down to you know time clocks and shit and like i mean so it depends on what kitchen you're working in you know some of the shit might be unrealistic you know i mean you, you might not see uh somebody be able to fuck with donuts for like half of the time and get away with it you know so i mean some people are very or sleep in the kitchen to keep working on the donuts and cut down the commute time. <laughs> you know i mean things like that yeah i mean you know but i mean did it go but nothing egregious so most of it pretty Uh, much tracks then yeah yeah there's nothing that that's really too far out there um by any means man yeah nice you know it's kind of like uh watching clerks you know i I did work in a at a convenience store so i have a little bit feel for that so love kind of you know uh banking on your experience here and i just want to point out if, if you've come this far if you haven't seen all of season one and the season two trailer you are now officially entering the danger zone right soup uh, give these people a little bit of a spoiler warning from this point forward we are going to be talking about anything everything about the bear man including what we know of season two which is basically just the trailer and uh you know hearsay and whatnot anyway we're going to go over that in detail we're also going to be talking about season one so uh everything there is also fucking up in the air and open for discussion so uh if you're not familiar with the bear and you don't know shit about it you might not want to fucking continue watching but i recommend you to continue watching by taking a step back going and watching that show then coming back and watching this show if you're that committed man if you got that kind of commitment then maybe you're the kind of person that could work in a fucking kitchen man Oh, that was beautiful, man. That was beautiful. And uh, let's just give the overall kind of details here. We're going to talk about season one before we move on to season two, the trailer and whatnot. The Bear was created by Christopher Storer. He is the co-showrunner along with Joanna Kahlo. Season one was eight episodes long. They all dropped on June 23rd, 2022 on Hulu. Like I said, let's just give our kind of overall thoughts to start on season one of The Bear. Maybe just starting with... How did you get into it? I think I have an idea how you got into it, but, uh, you know, then kind of your overall thoughts. Uh, did you watch it all at once? And, you know, what did you think? You, you obviously rewatched it recently, that kind of thing. When it first came out, obviously I had heard, um, you know, a bit about it being that I'm in the industry and everything else. And, you know, so it was a lot of talk about the show, like, you know, hype leading up to it and all, oh, yeah, you know, something I should probably watch. It's about, it's about restaurant shit. And, you know, so you hear things, you're like, okay, cool. Then you see the trailer and everything and it looks pretty fucking solid so yeah it was something i was interested in but i you know it uh whenever it did air initially i didn't watch it right away and i probably should have you know and whatever i didn't i think i was you know it was in your defense summer. it was a one-day drop on hulu it did not actually air yeah. on fx it dropped all on a day in hulu without a ton of warning other than some you know mild promotion 
Right. But I, but I went into it as something like, you know, yeah, this might be something cool for me to check out, you know I mean? It's and you watch cool. Shameless, right? So you were familiar with the lead actor who plays Carm. I had not watched Shameless, so. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I love that, uh, what was his name? Jeremy Ellen White or whatever the fuck. Yeah, his lip on Jeremy Shameless. Ellen White. Shameless, dude. And Shameless is one of my, you know, I love that show. You also, know, in Chicago, right? So. Chicago, very similar. Like, I could see that being right around the corner from where Shameless takes place, matter of fact. It might be their local restaurant over there. I don't know. But so, yeah, it has that that vibe, too, which is which is definitely kind of cool, man. You know, so he plays the same kind of Chicago kid or whatever, dude. But uh, I'm not, I'll get into his character later, um, but he does an excellent job. And uh, anyway, going into the show, I was like, yeah, so that was one thing. Oh, lifts at the show, you know, and uh, and it's about fucking restaurants and cooking, kitchen shit or whatever the fuck. So and it got a lot of hype. It was supposed to be a pretty good show. So I was all about checking it out, man. And, and I did it. I didn't do it like right away when it came out. It was like a week or two later. or It was a bit later sometime in the summer, but it was midsummer. And I remember that and summer is a busy time for me, man. So uh, so I think i kind of blew through it and didn't really give it the attention it deserved because uh, like i remember it being like okay yeah, it was good enough you know it's cool i'm sure there were some impressive moments that i just didn't really retain initially but uh, going back through it the second time it really uh, you know i was able to pay more attention to it and give it the justice it deserved as far as like uh you know really really getting what it was all about and uh and it made a lot more sense you know so i was i was highly impressed uh time two around not that i was not impressed time two time one i just don't think i uh i was in the right mental or i just wasn't really you know i probably shouldn't have started watching the show then because i wasn't really feeling watching the show. i don't know what the situation was but it it didn't fucking get me the first time but i fucking got it the second time so i think that's actually the mark of a really good show though right when you go through it the second time the third time you find more that you didn't get the original time you know that's something you don't get with a law and order or whatever what you see is what you get here like you definitely i experienced the same thing at least i shouldn't say overall everybody did but i the second time oh man it, it really sung for me the first time it was one of those things I kept seeing positive reviews and Hulu kept pushing it on me. I watched the first episode. I was like, oh, that was good. But then I did something else, so I didn't come back and binge it. So I picked it back up like a week or two later. I, I binged through them all, I think, in a weekend. And I got to episode seven, and I thought it was awesome. And I was so stressed out, I couldn't watch the finale for like a week. I was like, oh. And then I had to go back, watch episode seven again, which is really short. But obviously, that makes sense because it's the, the one-shot episode, basically, from like two minutes on it's just the it's just one shot it's it's fucking amazing and just incredibly stressful if you've ever worked in any kind of environment with stress which is like you know 99 of people i would think and then the finale just landed the plane yeah i thought that was maybe the best two episode stretch of almost any show on television i would put it in there with the the better call souls of the world the berries of the world there were shows that Ozark at times. There were shows that absolutely crushed Succession, and man, the the final two episodes of The Bear were just awesome. And not to mention, I loved the, the you know the pilot wound up working better for me the second time. And uh, the kind of what was it episode four or five where they uh, they do the birthday party and then they make the, the acto Kool Aid and they the 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 pills get into it or whatever. They basically dose everybody. I'm always there for yeah. a good drug episode of television. And that was a, an especially cool one. It gave us some insight into uh, uncle Jimmy and shit like that in the, the relationship with Richie and Carm, which I'm, I'm excited for. I can, you know, cause Carm doesn't have a ton of other family. It seems other than sugar. So, you know, I, I really think Richie's kind of the wild card of the show. 
Oh, absolutely, dude. You know that going like two minutes after you see him on screen, man. You know, this guy is uh I didn't bring ketchup. Why didn't you bring ketchup? What kind of asshole is gonna put ketchup on a hot dog? A child, Richie. Child asshole. He's got the personality, you know, and uh, and, and it's just like, like, you know, he's a loose cannon, kind of, but not a dangerous really kind of guy. But, you know, I mean, that's your... He had to go to the kitchen, but I mean, is that, that might be par for the course. I don't know. If I, like I said, I haven't worked in kitchens. Yeah, I mean, you know, the whole thing about like, you know, people losing their tempers and flipping out in kitchens. I mean, it definitely happens, dude. It definitely does, man. Who knows? You know, I mean, I've never seen anybody get like ultra great, like Waffle House crazy or anything, but uh, <laughs> people do get crazy, man. And, uh, you know, I mean, this, this shit happens, dude. I saw a guy get hit in the fucking eyeball with a hard-boiled egg one time, dude. I think he fucking, I don't even know if he can use his eyeball anymore, man. That's bad. <laughs> I got hit with an apple like in a fight when I was a kid, you know, like in a random like crab apple or something. Right in the eye, dude. It was rough. Couldn't see for days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah crazy shit, man. You know, the shit'll go down. Dude, tensions are high, man. It's very, very stressful sometimes. And a lot of a lot of lot of energy, a lot of a lot of you know, it's it's hectic, man. It's hectic. It's nerve wracking and you know Richie, go fuck yourself. Sixty nine all day, shut and Marcus cakes all day. Uh, uh, give me a set. Nope. Faster. Yeah, How many? Just a little behind. I'm gonna catch up. Marcus, if you're still fucking with those donuts right now, I'm gonna fuck your day up. You hear me? Yes, sir. Like I said, I think the highlights of the first season for me definitely, you know, that episode, the you know, the the drug episode. I'll call it. I forget the. It was four or five, and then seven and eight. Really enjoyed the fact that they kept the first season pretty focused. You didn't have a lot of romantic subplots or. You know, super subplots. It, it was really focused on developing the, the main supporting characters and the rest of the people in the kitchen. And I really enjoyed that. What else did you really enjoy from season one, Matt? Like highlights for you. I, I like that whole like kind of like like you said, man. Kind of like right to the point. Kind of like not a whole lot of side story. Now, ending or like... starting with family dinner in the first episode and then ending with family dinner, I thought was pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, and the, for the, sure. the finding. Let's be honest, man. They should have used tomatoes for something, right? There's no way that, that no one would have found that. That that's maybe one unrealistic part. Someone would open a can of tomatoes with something at some point. The most unrealistic part is somebody would have opened at least one of those fucking cans of fucking shit. So, especially for family off. dinner, if nothing else, if no one's using the tomatoes, they would have said, "Yo, someone's got to use some of these tomatoes," right? Right. That's the I know. Me, like. I know. Yeah. Why do we order yeah. all these tomatoes if no one's using them? No, it doesn't go. Ahead. No, but no. Your real real estate space in a restaurant is fucking. You kind of got to constantly keep moving. You, you space is clutch. You got to have space. So moving shit in and out, FIFO first in, first out, all that shit, man. You know, I mean, uh, clear up space. You can do something else with it, kind of shit. Because everything's always moving. So uh, yeah, rarely do you find a restaurant that has fucking. An entire wall of fucking tomato sauce or crushed small tomatoes. Small cans, the small cans, even, and not even number tens, dude. Like little guys, yeah. So uh, they taste better, though. Hello. It, we'll, have to, we'll have to try that at some point. We'll have to actually, we'll have to actually get the the smaller can of the ten and see. I'll give it a whirl. I'll give it a whirl. <laughs> I just need some pasta. I really 
really did like that they that they did get into was some of the flashbacks with Michael, the brother. You know, some of oh, those John Barathol killed the one episode where he opens telling the story about them meeting like Bill Murray and the Blackhawks or whatever yeah. was awesome. And then the way I switched over to Richie in the fucking bar with the you know I don't know yeah he's telling his like he's telling the story again or whatever. Um, so, but, but anyway, even before that, but you get the, you get the big personality that this guy was, you know, and I like that the show did this where it didn't go so far into like the flashbacks and the backstories where you almost needed another show for it. They were able to pull this off in a, in 30 minute episodes for like a, what, a, a season episode, a season season or something like that, you know, and, and give enough to where, like, if they were to do that, they could have branched into everybody's fucking you know, past or whatever, like some shows do, but this one didn't, man. And it gave enough to be able to, you know, you could point out or you could grasp the concept of this dude's personality talking about Michael, the older brother and how he was like, you know, running the restaurant and not just how big of a fucking, you know, presence he was just by that one flashback. And then the one at the end, of course, was awesome too, where it just ended with him smiling. Like, you know, I thought that was super cool. But uh, and then there's also the things about Carm, where like there was a flashback about him in that in the in the one restaurant where he was the chef played by Joel McHale. Asshole chef, you know, it was like you know restaurants like that fucking suck, dude. Which one of my favorite quotes from later in the show was something that uh something that uh fucking Sydney said, and she's like, you know, I don't want to end up just fucking tweezing herbs on the dishes I don't care about, and that is super profound, and that means a lot, man. Like. You know, for people that understand that and could look into it like that, there's a lot when it goes into fucking making food, man. And it's just making food. It's it's art. It's fucking commitment. It's you know, almost like the you know the way with the with the brigade that it's run is it's military style, which I'm not a huge fan of. But I kitchen hierarchy is absolutely essential. So I get it. I do a, I do a pre or I do enjoy a more. Uh, you know, especially if you're coming in and trying to like change something, right? Like if it was working well, you'd keep it the way it was. But if it's not working, then sometimes you got to make a change, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I, and I like the I like this. The premise of this fucking whole shit is really awesome. You know, I mean, it does the backstory of the brother. You know, the the they had the family restaurant or whatever. You know, the tragedy with the brother and he inherits the restaurant. Okay, so without going into detail about that which I think they also did a great job sprinkling that in just enough to fucking so you can figure yeah, it the out. Yeah, the suicide, the Elanon stuff and everything, like it was a part. I think the balance of the show was great. I, I, you know, maybe the, the fact of there was no real romantic stuff helped them get that good balance, but I, I thought like there that. was just enough of you want the restaurant to be the dominant part, right? The kitchen to be in there, but they did just enough on the outside to really develop the characters and you know, making me intrigued, but also make me feel like I knew them better. Yeah, yeah, and and in that regard, the, this show was brilliant in doing that and, and and just putting it out there like that on on all those levels that we had just previously. Yeah, that's what a good first season is supposed to do, really. Kind of seed you, and then you start growing the seeds, right? That's you know, yeah, I thought cool. that was great. And I guess the one question is maybe that they didn't really answer, and that's the fact that that Mikey like kicks harm out. He doesn't let him work at the restaurant. There's two theories I could really find. One was that he wanted Carm to like go do something better. The other is that he was on drugs and he didn't want Carm to figure it out. Do you do you have a preference or another theory or any thoughts why he kicked Carm out and then only to give him the restaurant at the end of the day? 
Yeah, I think that's a combination of the two, to be honest with you, man. And I also think that we'll learn more about this as time goes on throughout season two. And if there is... That's one I want. I don't need to know everything about the past, but it is... I would like a little bit more insight to that, I think. Yeah, um, I think uh, the way the show is going, I like the little bit by little bit as far as it goes, you know, like I was saying with these past things, you know, so... That's kind of cool. It definitely keeps you interested. And, and yeah, I did, I'm expecting to see more about that in, in the upcoming season here. So, so uh, you know, hopefully it's in there, you know. Is it absolutely necessary? Probably not, but I think it would be a good uh, – I think it's important. So, yeah, I mean, I would like to see it. And I really enjoyed the development of some of the supporting characters. I really did like Tina kind of being the hard ass. She'd worked there 30 years or whatever, and she didn't want to change. We've all known that person. You go to work at a new place. They've worked there forever. They do things the same way. And you saw her like being, you know, resistant to the change. And then eventually she kind of got with the program and was like appreciative of how much she was improving and everything. And you can even see it when she like at first would taste like something car made. And she'd be like, man, like, fuck, that's good. Like, I don't want it to be good, but it's really fun. Yeah, she she ended up getting it, you know, I mean, uh, and she's going to, she was an important character, and I think we'll continue to be an important character. Yeah, she's one I'd like to see more of in season two, yeah, we'll uh, get to that in a minute. But then uh, the Marcus storyline with him just, like, becoming obsessed with, call it donuts or baking or confectionery or whatever the fuck you want to call it. I have done that in the past. Like, you start doing something new and you get fucking obsessed with, like, getting better at it and everything. I have been there. So I really empathized and, like, identified with that storyline. And, like, even remember, like, shit's going on in in episode seven. There's chaos and he's still trying to, like, oh, well, it's in. Like, I can still work on my donuts. Just, uh, like, that perfectionism. Like, I I, I understand that. I thought that was uh, a really cool just a way to illustrate it maybe it was yeah and would it fly probably not i mean that that might have got shut down yeah like they're not little... letting him sleep in the kitchen i don't care how much yeah, intense like a, to me. yeah i like a place that, i like the place that lets you be creative and everything else and you have to have that in order to have people that give a shit about what they're doing but on that level you know i mean if, you, if it's cutting into a fucking service and shit then you gotta find a fucking happy medium there you know yeah I mean, and so. fair enough uh where do you stand, man? Outsource bread, yay or nay? Depends. Um, you know, I mean, do you want to make your own bread? Yeah, ideally. If you have the fucking resources and fucking, uh, you know, space and equipment to do it, go for it. Definitely the best way to go. House good bread, I mean, you're not going to beat it. But if you go for fucking ordering bread and shit, which most places do, unless you're a fucking bakery... Make sure and get quality uh, bread because bread is fucking important, man. If you don't have good bread, then your sandwich sucks or your fucking toast sucks or whatever the fuck you're putting shit on bread. Bruschetta, that shit, bruschetta, that shit sucks. Everything you put on bread sucks if you don't have good bread. So you got to have good bread, man. Here, here, there's a dude who lives in the Philadelphia area. The hardest part of cheesesteaks to get is the bread. In most yeah, the of the good shops it. here, they do they they do outsource, but they basically there's like Armoroso and one other joint. They just basically that's all they do is make you know fresh cheesesteak, fucking uh, Italian, you know, twelve inches or whatever. But it's it's worth it. Yeah, ideally, what you want to do if you if you're not a bakery, if you don't have the capacity to bake fucking bread, which if you're just a fucking little restaurant, you probably don't unless you're a fucking bakery. So if you're just a fucking restaurant without a fucking means to make fucking bread at that fucking volume of bread, 
then find one that is. There's bakeries in town. Find a local bakery and go from them rather than going with frozen fucking what the bucks from wherever the fuck. That'd be yeah, fresh bread is so uh, that's the most underrated part of any sandwich. Bread and butter, like the the double B's, man. That's where it's at. Who likes bread and butter? Who likes toast and jam? So one thing I really did love, man, it was just the basic fucking premise of this fucking show. It's a restaurant that is apparently pretty successful, been there a long time. Now, they're pretty vague on how this restaurant came to be, you know. Was it in the family for years? Did the, just the parents and then the brother own it? I don't know if they ever really got into the details there, which is something that, you know, could be put off till later and we can, you know, kind of hang on to and maybe we get that side story later on, which might be kind of cool. But so from what we know is that the older brother had the restaurant and uh, and, uh, and and then, you know, the tragedy happened and, and Carm gets it, you know. So he uh, goes in and tries to repair this place that is kind of fucked, you know, not totally fucked, but kind of fucked. It definitely needed a bit of work man, and a bit of love and a lot of love, a little work, a lot of love. And he came in there and did that. But the uh, the intensity and, and the realisticness of how somebody in his position and in you know doing what he does would handle that. I think it was absolutely fucking perfect, man. You know, and then uh, you know portraying what goes into it and and the outcome and everything was really cool. I do wish they would have had a little bit more of uh, service time footage. You know, like during like you know, let me see a little bit of action during service. The handle just, rush, that kind of. Yeah, yeah, How do they yeah. actually seat all these people? Like, we're, like it is a little bit unclear on that. Like, the math doesn't quite work out for how small the dining area looks. Yeah, yeah. So there's a couple things that are very unclear, you know. But uh, but overall, I mean, it, it was uh, it was extremely good, you know, very interesting. And coming from somebody that you know does this kind of thing every day, it's uh, it, it was cool. It was definitely very cool. Yeah. One last thing, I'll probably point out. I'm surprised you didn't soundtrack. Oh. Not a ton of super memorable uh, needle drops, but stuff that you know. And, you know, especially some uh, Chicago-centered stuff. Really enjoyed the the music throughout, it, the, even the fairly limited score overall, but great needle drops. Especially for a show that didn't have a huge budget, probably, for that. You know what sucks is that you beat me to it because uh, <laughs> I spaced on it or whatever for whatever reason. But yes, I did fucking want to talk about the soundtrack, and I'll definitely get more into the soundtrack as we progress here. But uh, you know, there was a couple ones that really stood out to me, and I like it that there wasn't any like super huge bangers, but they're all like good songs and good and like really well positioned in the thing, especially. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, this is top notch. The way they did the last uh, episode, the last song, which was a Radiohead song, "Let Down" from OK Computer, fucking great song, well placed right there at the end of the fucking last episode, and and, and I thought that was, I mean, that fucking had me entirely captivated, man. Like you know, I'm in there. It you know perfect. what? I think this is a nice way to segue into season two. I loved the finale. If they had ended it there, would you have been okay with it? Uh, yeah, yeah, I would have been okay with it because it's good enough to, to you know hang up the side, you know, coming soon the bear. It could it could have realistically ended there. I love that it doesn't, but uh, it could have you know because 
now there's potential to see what happens next and, and more of these uh and there's also the potential for more of these uh character side stories and backstories and whatnot which i think has a lot of room to grow this might be a season this might be a fucking series that could go fucking eight to ten seasons and i would like to see that there's a lot know? there as far as the kitchen they do interchange people a lot the different roles it could work you can see oh, how this could be structured in something that could have legs and it's not an incredibly high budget. You don't have to go to a lot of places. You know, you have to go to Switzerland. Even if you want to go to a kitchen in Switzerland, it's just a kitchen, right? You don't have to, there's a lot you can do here. I think to stretch it out. Yeah. This isn't no matrix fucking camera work, dude. This is fucking, uh, I mean, yeah, you don't need, yeah, don't tell it short. I think they did an excellent job, especially in seven, which is they do a one shot for about 15 minutes. And it's yeah. pretty fucking amazing. So I'm just saying you don't need all the fucking expensive extra shit, really. You yeah, know? You know, they don't. They don't even need our advice. Just keep doing what they're doing. I think that's the. If if I had to say anything about like going into season two before we start talking about, it, I would say just just continue what you were doing in season one, right? I don't think there's anything I would suggest that they really need to change or anything. Just like continue that story, and I'll be a very happy camper. Yeah, I agree. Um, I also realize that, you know, you can run the same fucking menu every day, which you also need to do to keep your base. But it's nice to throw a fucking special of the day in there, at least one or two or whatever, or a whole special menu or whatever you want to do. But you got to switch some things up. So some change has to be in place at all times. So yeah, and it look it looks from the from the trailer of season two that there's gonna be a couple fucking specials coming in, man. A couple new specials coming in. We got a couple characters, you know. I mean, it looks like we're gonna have uh, some new things, which is which is cool. And I'm sure there's gonna be new angles and shit that the that the show will take that that they'll uh, put us in a fucking different flavor profile as well. So I'm looking forward to that. I think that's really the key, man. I am just super excited for season two so let's break it down season two is a little bit longer you got 10 episodes instead of eight but again all 10 are scheduled to drop on the same day june 22nd 2023 again on hulu the official season two synopsis is season two follows carmy sydney and richie as they work to transform their grimy sandwich joint into a next level spot as they strip the restaurant to its bones, the crew undertakes transformational journeys of their own, each forced to confront the past and reckon with who they want to be in the future. Of course, it turns out the only thing harder than running a restaurant is opening a new one, and the team must juggle the insane bureaucracy of permits and contractors with the beauty and creative agony of menu planning. The trash and the transition begins a newfound focus on hospitality as well, as the entire staff is forced to come together in new ways, pushing the boundaries of their abilities and relationships. They also learn what it means to be in service, both to diners and each other. Uh, I really enjoyed the trailer. Uh, any kind of overall thoughts before we get into the specifics Just after watching this, other than like, yeah, I want to watch season two of the bear i feel like there's going to be some extra added drama here with uh one in particular uh new character that's going to be addressed which apparently is uh you know definitely a uh, very close to calm uh in one way or another uh one can only assume that's probably an ex of some sort uh 
maybe a relative, who knows? Um, <laughs> second cousin. Yeah, and I don't think this is an HBO. I think it's off the table on FX. Yeah, it seems like that's going to cause a little drama that I, you know, we'll we'll see. They've done good at not doing too much of the bullshit drama, so uh, hopefully. Yeah, you not. have to admit, probably I would I would say in your experience, people fucking like they work in close proximity. They tend to have some some chemistry sometimes but i really enjoyed that the first season didn't waste a lot of time on romantic subplots no and i was a little surprised not to see that because you know any kid any restaurant you work in man it's like sparks fly dude anytime people work together sparks fly somebody's always fucking somebody and shit you know and and then there's you know okay obviously there's occasionally drama because of it because somebody fucks somebody else and everything else you know and like oh i you know, cost somebody in the dry storage giving so and the owners are also in on it a lot too. It's not just the people who it's a... sometimes, yeah, yeah. I mean that's a little bit greasy as almost you know, but yeah, it, it happens. It happens. <laughs> but uh yeah, I mean, you know, shit, dude. If you get caught getting your fucking cock sucked in the dry storage, I mean what are you gonna do, dude? It was I mean, that was on my fucking lunch break. Hey, try not to suck any dick on the way through the parking lot. Hey, hey you, get back here. <laughs> I mean, the trailer overall just it it seemed to excite me because I like that we're not skipping ahead to the new restaurant opening. It seemed that they were kind of self aware that they were a little bit of a surprise hit, and now they have to live up to it. All the original characters are back. The music was great. Uh, we see Winter in Chicago. I think that could be kind of fucking cool. I just like the, you know, especially as weird as it is when you get a summer show, I like seeing winter because you don't get a lot of that from a summer show. I could use, uh, you know, what does a Christmas episode of The Bear look like? What is a, you know, what does a family dinner look like on Christmas for the staff of The Bear? I think that would be a cool episode. Yeah, absolutely. For sure, dude. I, I think there's a lot of shit to look forward to judging from the uh, from the trailer, man. And yeah, I mean, I like the vibe. I like. The, you know the layout and everything else man and i and i definitely like that they're not just jumping right into oh all of a sudden we're open again you know show that struggle of trying to open dude i've opened a restaurant before i've closed a restaurant before too getting that shit set up and took down is fucking crazy you know i mean there's a lot that goes into it so like you know starting from you know starting from a rebuild cleaning a deep fryer is crazy just then moving of you know three deep fryers or something good luck yeah, oh no, and all that shit's super heavy, dude. You ever pick up a fucking uh, flat top or rip a salamander off the fucking wall, dude? Those shits are heavy as fuck, man. You gotta have one of a couple people on those, man. But uh, yeah, and, and everything's all fucking kitchened up, greasy and gnarly and shit, you know? So uh, it's, it's a task, man. It's a task, you know? I mean, and setting up a new place, man, that's a task too. You gotta, even if you have fresh equipment, that's even more work unless you, I mean, a lot of times you get somebody to put it in there for you, but. It's no joke, man. Yeah, and as far as the, you know, other stuff in the trailer, we do see again Uncle Jimmy. We see uh, Sugar, the sister. She's back in there. Uh, Going to be more of kind of the managerial person. But I think they needed that, right? It doesn't seem that either Richie or Carm is really good at the number stuff. Not like Mikey was either, really. Yeah, you know, and you find that in a lot of fucking businesses where you're like, you, you got to play to your strengths, man, you know. It's the office space thing, right? You need a guy who can talk to the engineers and the customers. Here, you need someone to talk to the vendors and the cooks. But uh, yeah, no, dude, you can't always uh, you can't you can't do everything. So you have to balance out. You have to spread it out a little bit, man. So if you have somebody like 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 Carm, dude, like he's he's got to do everything. But he's like, man, if I can get somebody to do this, then maybe I don't have to do that. 
if I get somebody to do this, I don't have to do that. And that's how it is. Like you try and spread it out a little bit to where you don't have to do everything. You can only, you know, have to worry about this much and have other people worry about this much. And, and you know, and, but as long as ever, you got to, you know, make sure it gets done though. That's at the end of the day, you got to make sure it gets done. So he's doing a good job at spreading out some of his shit, you know? Yeah, you have to, he can't take on more. Again, especially if, if there's going to be, you know, even more of a romantic subplot, before we get to the fun one, uh, we see a couple of the characters, uh, most notably uh, Tina, are going off to culinary school. Do you like that? I like, you know, it's kind of, I used to take college classes at night, and you see some older people take classes or whatever, and I actually always enjoyed it. Do you like the idea of, you know, these older characters been doing this forever, now going to culinary school and, you know, kind of bringing that back around? Like you mentioned before, we got a couple of flashbacks to that in season one but i think that can be something cool to explore well here's the thing with that man is like you know it's cool but for one i find that kind of unrealistic because i've never worked at a restaurant where anybody ever offered hey i'm gonna send you to a fucking class other than maybe fucking serve safe because they need it to keep their fucking health score but if that's the case then fucking take it dude like if who you're working for is gonna send you to fucking classes at culinary do it. You can always learn something. I don't care how much you know. If you have a Michelin star, you can still work, learn more shit. Always take the opportunity to learn, man. And I like the fact that they're doing that, even though, like, yeah, some of these people have been there forever and they don't want to, you know, and everything else. But I think, especially with uh, T- what's her name, Tina's case, if she wants to learn, she realizes, hey, man, uh, you know, this is kind of cool, you know, and even though she was one of those like super old school kind of people. So her, her conversion or her transition throughout the whole first season was cool as fuck man it's like that whole man they say you can't teach old people fucking dog tricks but telling you what you can teach old people dog tricks dude bark like a dog a big dog i love it i just you know i I, I just think it's going to be a really cool plot line you know i don't think we're gonna get joel mccall or joel mccall back or anything like that but I just think it's something that can be really enjoyable in just the, the remodeling. Anybody who's ever moved or remodeled, there's a lot there that I'm expecting. It's just going to be fun and random. And we saw some of that in the first season with all the problems the restaurant had with the toilet, the condenser, uh, the fuses, all that kind of thing. That's definitely another thing I was going to point out about, like, talking about, like, you know, some realistic shit that happens. They did a pretty good job of, like, oh, all of a sudden this doesn't work. And it's like, oh, we have to we might have to close kind of like going on that verge of shit. And like, you definitely go through shit like that. Sometimes like on a regular basis, you'll be like, Oh, well this cooler doesn't fucking work or this shit ain't reading right, man. I'm leaking fucking water out of my damn, you know, low boy or whatever the fuck, or the fucking pilots are out and I can't light the fucking flat top, man. You know, shit like that happens, man. Those are easy fixes, you know, but you know, you get shit like that's a major deal. Like the hood vents aren't fucking sucking up any fucking air. You know, that's kind of a problem. Shit like that happens, man. It's part of fucking restaurants, dude. I mean, and, you know, I worked for an, a restaurant owner, you know, years ago. And like, it was like two or three in a row where like this broke, that broke, that broke. And he was just getting like pounded, dude. And he was like, dude, it's just like, you know, it never, it's always something that never stops. <laughs> when it rains and pours, dude, there's a reason that is a realistic expression. And, you know, speaking of realistic shit, uh, a term we hear in the trailer is chaos menu. Does that mean something? All right. So this is a very new thing, actually. It developed in 2023. So it's up chaos cooking. 
and it's the opposite of uh, composure, which sounds like rules and order. It's basically throwing a bunch of fucking shit together, man. Pastrami tacos and Pringles mashed potatoes, cheeseburger ravioli. I mean, this is like, uh, I guess this isn't new because people have been doing this since they started smoking weed. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. It's not something that you're uh, ca- uh, classically trained for. So, uh, but yeah, uh, chaos menu is the thing. <laughs> Before we kind of make any predictions, other than me buying an original birth t-shirt, Collector's is item. there anything that you want to see or don't want to see in season two? And for me, the one thing I will say, I don't mind some relationship shit. It doesn't have to be zero like in season one, but just don't overdo it with the relationship shit. That's what I don't want to see. Uh, Soup, anything you particularly want or don't want to see? Well, I definitely don't want to see any weird relationship shit, and I did worry about that a little bit towards the end. Oh, that's of, a weird. Re- re- I'm there for weird relationship shit. I'm just not there for bullshit relationship drama. Let me rephrase. I don't want any uh, rom com fucking uh, bullshit relationship drama. And that's cool, you know. I mean, uh, like I like that. It's uh, I would like to see a little bit of fucking, you know, realistic. Right? Like you catch somebody banging. Yeah, in just don't overdo it. Like it just as long as it doesn't over. I think that should be more realistic that way. Just don't overshadow what works. The problem with this restaurant, though, in that regard, is, uh, you know, the staff there, man. Like, who's fucking who in here, man? You I know, was just going to say who, like, Richie and Sydney you know, banging, like, hate banging feels the most realistic, but I don't think it would work. If it was, like, a wait staff and a bartender and shit, like, then, you know, that's where you get they're more They're going to probably introduce, my guess would be they're going to introduce a couple more ancillary characters to make that more realistic. But Richie feels like the one who would step out of school the fastest to bang someone else who works there. Yeah, probably, man. Probably. Although, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. He wouldn't give a fuck, dude. He's Richie. Yeah, yeah. He's a man who puts t-shirts on a hot dog. Inflatables. I love how fucking and then, and then you see you just ended up taping it on there, which was great, dude. Like that was a great <laughs> visual of that. Yeah, that was again my creeper again. Seven and eight were my favorite, but that was four or five. That uh, the the birthday, the kid birthday episode, that was my third favorite. If I rank them, don't kill me. Oh, I can't wait for this. We uh, we spilled a bottle of Xanax in the uh, cooler. What, are they fucking dead? They're just sleeping. Actually, I'm kind of into it. Yeah, it was good. The hot dog situation was great, dude. He's like, oh, I'm just going to go get the fucking spare from the fucking basement or whatever the fuck after they, you know, fought and broke the other one. And then you see it later at the party. He's got it fucking, like, duct taped up there or whatever the fuck. Man, he struggled so hard trying to get it. It's never going to fit, dude. The hot dog <laughs> situation sounds to me like the album Guns and Roses should have made instead of Chinese Democracy. Just saying. Or the spaghetti incident. Or the spaghetti. You, you goddamn right. Although, you know, there's probably been a lot of spaghetti incidents in kitchens over the, the years, more so than Chinese democracies. And dude, oh. this isn't a, you know, a, a exactly a Game of Thrones or whatever, but maybe let's just give a couple predictions for season two, because really this is the only chance we're going to get because they're going to drop all the episodes at once. You can't really make actual predictions otherwise. So let's just start with a big one, man. Let's uh, move on from there. How many seasons of the bear are we going to get? Is this it? It two is like you've mentioned it could go on for, for more. Just give me a prediction, man. How many, you know, call it eight to 10 episodes per season. How many seasons we get? Dude, I think they're I think they're probably good for a seven, but I'll give them five. I was just gonna say five. 
I think five sounds perfect for me. Be that eight to ten, maybe get a twelve, two part final season, something like that. I really think there is some ground to cover here. I'm really enjoying the characters, you know, and the setting here. You know, we basically got Carm, Richie, Sydney. They're kind of our our big three, so to speak. Uh, who do you think steps up out of the supporting cast? You know, we see people going to culinary school and whatnot. You know, personally, I think it's Marcus. We saw him going nuts with the, the donut shit last year. I think he's really going to take it to the next level. How about you, man? Is there anybody in particular kind of outside of the, the big three there who you think is going to play a bigger role in season two? Yeah, I think I think the sister Sugar, man, I think she plays a little bit bigger of a role in season. She's two. mom now, right? She's like looks like the real supervisor now. Like she actually might be the one in charge. I'm not usually excited about that, but I think I mean not against it, but you know, I mean it's not as flashy or as uh you know, it's not it's not the pick I would want really, but I think it's going to be there, you know. I kind of buy that though. I remember working at a, a retail establishment where theoretically. The, the husband, the guy, was he was the manager, the owner, and everything like that. But realistically, you knew if you wanted a raise or something, you had to go to his wife. She kept the books and did everything like that. So I could see Sugar kind of playing that role, even like she's like the man behind the man, kind of. The man behind the man, yes. <laughs> I think that would be cool. And she really seemed, uh, you know, very competent in the first season. And uh, also enjoyed her husband. He was very incompetent and terrible and awesome. Uh, would like to bring him back up, you know, here. I think he'd be another fun uh, supporting character who could step up. Uh, what do you think, man? Uh, do you want more flashbacks? And if so, do you want more Mikey? Do you want, you know, young, that, you know the brothers as young kids or something? And any thoughts on getting more flashbacks? Or do you think we're good without them going forward? I, I think the idea of the younger shit with the kids is kind of cool, but I don't know that we want to dive into that. I don't know that I want to see the show dive into that unless they're really trying to go for a long, long haul here. What I would like to see is a little bit more of Carm's training and like him winning a war. You know, I mean, he was really apparently really good, won awards and shit and was working at some of the best restaurants in the world. They showed some of that flashback kind of shit, but I would like to see a little bit more of that. I'd like to see a, a little bit more of Mikey and his, uh, you know, running the beef as well. You know, I think the two of those would kind of, I don't want to say counteract, but act together as a, as a really good, like, fucking, you know, tied the show together with a fucking knot at the bottom flashback kind of thing. You know? I like that. I wanted more Mikey. I couldn't figure out how. I think showing maybe how he ran the restaurant before or that kind of thing, even if they kind of show it when they're demoing it, and you kind of see Karen picturing it in his head, and then they, you know, they do like a film dissolve or something like that. I think that would be really cool. And I'm totally there for him working his way up. I love Joel McHale if he could come back. I'd also kind of like to see uh Sydney. Remember, she kind of tried to run her own catering business and it failed. I think there could be some cool flashbacks there. I'd be cool to check those out. And uh who's uh what's the dude who used to play for the Cubs? Was that uh, Gary? One hey, of the man, dudes used to play for the Cubs. I would love to see yeah. that. Well, you used to play for the fucking Cubs? <laughs> that was one of my favorite throw. That was almost one of the points where I was like, oh, shit, I really like this show. That they, could just do a they got there the whole, whole conversation. He's like, well, wait a minute, man. <laughs> Perfect. And that's, you know, that's uh, every show has that, right? That's a point that kind of like that hooks you. And you're like, oh, shit. Like, I am going to... 
I'm going to watch the next episode pretty much. You know, no, I, I shouldn't say no matter what, but for more or less, like when it comes out, I'll be there for it. And uh, I think the other kind of hanging chads here, so to speak, are tied together. You have Uncle Jimmy, the mob plot line, the money owed, but then Carm finds all the money. We see Uncle Jimmy in the trailer. They're talking. So obviously uh, there's some sort of agreement going on. Any thoughts on those two oh, things, basically? Yeah, he's involved in the next season, which, which you know, obviously now there's going to be more, you know, suspicious activity or, or, or some kind of money owed or something. Something is going to be, uh, you know, not settled at this point. There's a reason why he's still there. I don't think it's just to fucking hang out, you know. So there's a reason why he was in the trailer. So they're going to run into some problem with, you know, money or whatever the fuck. So uh, cards, dude, cards on the table. This is something that really confused me. I just didn't understand why Mikey took the loan and then just hid the money in the cans. The money is still owed, and he was behind on you know vendors and everything. I don't. I maybe he thought that, dude. I think it's more like I don't think it's that fucking easy. He obviously was into some shit. Yeah, no, I just don't understand, and I will. I just want to, I guess, know more about what the overall plan was, because theoretically, at least what I got from the finale, there was enough there that Carm could just pay Jimmy back or sister or whatever. He had it. There was enough there to pay it and back, but instead, he chose to use it to build a new restaurant. It, I, I guess, that was the point. Was that was what Mike's whole plan was? to borrow that money to set that up for him? You know, you remember the letter that... Uh, Nobody knows why he killed himself. I mean, shit, dude. Well, that's what... I, theoretically, some debts expire when you die. Some don't. In maybe that was part of the play. I guess that's I that's basically what I'm asking here. That you, fucking, that you fucking sign at a notary for. You know, this probably isn't that kind of debt, dude. Like, right. <laughs> no, it, it, that's the kind of debt that should carry with you, and he would have known that. But does he trust, I guess, Carm enough that he's got this money now he can, you know, turn the business into something? And was that important to him to to help Carm or their family or whatever? Or, you know, stuff to get inside the head of someone who's, like, really depressed. Apparently, it was enough money to rebuild the restaurant. You're 300K. Like, he owed roughly 300K, and I'm assuming... From what they kind of alluded to, that there was roughly 300K there. So it was basically all the money he'd been borrowing, he just tucked away. Okay. But, you know, you pay the debt off, then you're still thinking about your clothes for how long? Six months, you know, at least. Oh, and you don't have the money to do all that shit. So that's just, I guess, why I. And you're sending your staff to culinary school. Like, that's a lot of fucking money right there, dude. Uh, he obviously is going to bring cousin Jimmy on it, but he's not going to tell him that they found all that money. He's otherwise cousin Jimmy would be like, "All right, well, just pay me the fucking money back." Where they get it then? I mean, well, all right, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, shit. But man. it's intriguing, right? So they built this one little thing that you didn't think would be a thing, and they seeded it in the pilot episode with the the cans of the tomatoes and everything. And I think it's really cool that that's going to carry through. And I just love John Barenthal as Mikey. So I think that's the main reason I want to see him more, just because I thought that was just a a perfect piece of casting. 
Yeah, absolutely. I wish he w- I wish he was anymore. And I think I you know I hope that in in the next season we see more of more of him and more of the uh, backstory there because like like I said earlier, man, just like you could tell he was like a huge presence, just a huge personality of a person, the kind of person that would run a restaurant like that, you know. So it, it's 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 interesting to me. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Same. Uh, so, kind of any overall thoughts on? The, the new restaurant itself, obviously the title is going to be The Bear, right? That's going to be the name of, of the restaurant eventually when they get there. When the season ends, do you think it ends on like the night they open the restaurant? It's been open for a while or it's not open yet? When the season ends, uh, I would like to see I would like to see the season end with the grand opening of the restaurant. Like opening night, maybe they do a soft opening in the penultimate and then do the big one or something like that, so... Now, if they don't do that, then there has to be another season. That's the key. I think that's the key right there. And I think we both want more. My ideal shot, I guess, in my head as I'm picturing it, is the final shot of this season is them opening the door. But, dude, nobody nobody wants to watch somebody trying to open a restaurant for a whole fucking season even. I say they open it before the fucking season finale. I think from a storytelling standpoint, that is the most interesting. From a realistic standpoint, it's hard as fuck to get all this different zoning bullshit and everything. I could see it easily taking the whole season. You could trim that down in a show, dude. I mean, this isn't like we're doing it in real time, man. (laughs) I mean, all I really care about is what's the most interesting way to do it. And I almost think that spending the season focusing on the the building of the new restaurant and the remodeling or whatever is more interesting than showing one or two episodes of now serving. You know what I mean? I think it'd be cool to then open season three and then jump ahead a little bit, maybe a month or something like that. I like the idea of doing the building during the season, but I want it to be open. Like, ideally, I would like to see it open at least at the last episode. Well, sorry. So now we got 10 instead of 8. So, like, at the, they open at the end of 8, maybe. So, you get, like, two episodes of it open, and that's the extra two or something like that. Yeah, and from there, maybe we see more of the service aspect of things. You know, a different angle to play in season. Oh, they have to bring in way more people. As far as I could tell, they didn't even have servers before. Yeah, no wait staff. They just had some tabletops and a counter, right? And then a, a yeah, service window. They put a bar in there, hire a fucking wait staff, make this a real restaurant, man. That's what he that's dude, that's what I like about this. He was trying to make this a real restaurant from get-go, man, you know? Yeah, and that's pretty much where we're at is you know, that kind of thing, you know, throw it open, anything else for season two or whatever. And uh they had the conversation, right? Sydney and Carm at the end of season one, where they talked about what they would have the menu or whatever. And I got the impression like they were going to still do sandwiches, but serve them like to go or out of a side window and then have like a real dining area, but they didn't buy a bigger place, right? Like where are they going to get the space to, or is it going to be super exclusive? See, that's the kind of thing I don't, I don't quite understand. Maybe. I don't either. That's up in the air. Um, Cause it seems like they're going for some higher end shit, right? Based on what we see in the trailer, if nothing else, they're not trying yeah. to like put a new spin on the Chicago beef. Right, here's the thing. I don't know about their dining area. They never really delved into that. We don't really know what the We see it the best in like the, the strip club joint, right? When they're having the party out front. Like it seems bigger in that one. But they talk about the number of tables. I'm assuming maybe they have a little outdoor, but then even when you go outdoor, you don't see any tables. 
Yeah, they got to have some fucking tables in there. I mean, or a window. You don't see a service window, but they talk about having a window. No, nah, but see, here's my here's my contradiction. There is like it was a big deal about doing the to goes in the in the in the mid episodes. There, no to go. You know, we're not ready for to goes and shit with the. If you're not doing to goes, what are you doing? You're just serving people at the fucking like a taco stand. You know, what I mean. So I, but I feel like they should have. I, I, it looks like they have fucking tables and shit in there. It to me feels like a classic Philly cheesesteak joint. When you go to say Steve's or whatever, there's some interior tables, but there's no service or whatever. There's basically condiments or whatever. You go to the windows, you eat your shit, you shit down, you clean the shit yourself. Like you're supposed to throw away your own shit or whatever, and that's that. And yeah, sure that you know there's some seating, but it's it's nothing major. And if they're trying to put together fucking serve on a plate, fucking dishes, you got a fucking table to eat it at. That, that's not all to go shit. You they seem like mean? they're wildly under space for what they're trying to do. See, that's the thing. I don't know the layout of the space. Do you? Nobody knows the layout of the space. In my head, it's like a long kind of like L, like a diner counter, I felt, with like one wide with tables against the wall and then maybe like three to six uh, like tabletops in the corner and maybe a couple of booths on the side if you're lucky. Yeah, the, the bright side here is it's still open. It could be whatever, and they just haven't tapped in. Yeah, you yet. see them busting shit out in the... I think they're going to go for the open floor plan for what it's worth, so probably no bar. Have people eat in there, man. Put a bar in there if you can. Have people, oh, definitely that's have... where you make your money. You make your fucking money at the bars. Of course. Uh, shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's step one. I mean, that's the... They should make the bar bigger, theoretically. <laughs> I mean, it's not, I don't know, what, 300% turnaround on liquor last night? I don't know. Selling That's where you make your money, more or less. Unless you get some amazing deal on something in particular from the, the food stuff, you're making your money on. That's just like, in, like come and go. Kind of. Yeah, you make money with food, too. But, yeah, liquor is where it's at, dude. <laughs> That's more or less it, man. Uh, you know, kind of anything else, soup for... You know, what you might hope for from season two of the bear, what you're expecting, anything at all. You know, other than what we've already said, I don't really know, man. You know, I mean, I'm open to see a little bit of fucking shit from before, a couple of side stories, nothing too fucking crazy and dramatic. I don't want to see any fucking, uh, I don't really want to see. Richie's the wild card. Give me a prediction for Richie. Uh, yeah, that's a good one, man. Um, I like he's been see- all over the fucking place. Like, is he kind of cool? You've also seen him like doing coke, pulling guns out, talking to mobsters. But you know what, Richie's loyal, dude. So if I had he's to loyal look- to the to the restaurant at least, maybe not the Carm, but definitely to the restaurant. The restaurant, and I think towards the end of the season, there he's loyal to Carm too because he's super loyal to fucking Carm's brother. Well, Carm loyal- bails him out of jail with their uh, parachute. That's what he gets him, I think. Like at that point, he's like, all right, you know, ride or die a little bit. So, um, yeah, you know, I would like to see some some Richie fucking weird shit side stories because it'll make for good entertainment. Um, I don't want to see anything happen where. Yeah, this actor's been in other things. I forget off the top of my head. I think actually, even the uh, he might have been in Punisher with uh, John Barenthal. Not one hundred percent sure, but he's been in other shit. He's really good. Oh, he he does a great job in this show, man. Yeah, who uh, I forget the name. Damn it, now I feel bad. He's uh, Ebon Moss Bartrock. You know what I would like to see? Um, yeah, I would like to see some uh, shameless characters, or not characters, but shameless actors. A- shameless actors come in and play characters on the bear. I want to see uh, damn the dude who plays Kevin. 
<laughs> in there, man. Kevin, Kevin uh, yeah, it wasn't Kevin Ball. That dude who plays him, shit, I can't remember his name. Fuck. He was in uh, the sequel to Waiting, Waiting 2, before Shameless happened. So, and then he played Kev, Kev in fucking Shameless, man. You know, Kevin Veronica, the fucking neighbors over there. Anyway, all right, so he played Kev in Shameless, man. But this dude was fucking, uh, he's one of my favorite characters in that show, man. But because he played a character in the sequel to Waiting, I think he could relate to this fucking bear situation. So maybe he would be in there. I could see that fucking being a link. Anything else, uh, season two, any thoughts, predictions, anything else about the bear before we get out of here? Other than I just know it's going to fucking be good and I hope it'll be fucking. I don't know, man. It's going to be fucking good. Whatever, dude. Yeah. All right. Let me make it more specific (laughs) for you. We know Bob Odenkirk is going to show up. What role would you like him to play? Do you want him to be family member to Carm? Restaurant guy, famous chef. What do you, what role do you want Bob Odenkirk to show up in? I want Bob Oden, Odenkirk, the Bob Odenkirk man. And I know this. I know a lot of people know him from these shows that are happening now with the, you know, the Saul and the. In the he's Mister Show and Bob to you. We know. To me, he's fucking uh, uh, Mister Show, dude. You know, so I remember him, and he did a skit on there where he was like an infomercial guy and shit. And this goes back to Run, Ronnie, Run. There's a scene in there where he plays the infomercial guy. And the thing goes fucking crazy. He does like a RoboCube kind of fucking, like, you know, food blender processor thing. And the blade pops out during the infomercial and, 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 you know, stabs a chick in the chest and shit. So I think in a show like this, The Bear, he needs to play that guy. Terry Twilstein, I think is his name. And he's going to go into the kitchen and do the infomercial and talk about some kitchen equipment, man. And who knows if any accidents will happen. Nice. I would be totally cool with that. I'm going to go with he's like some kind of like rich asshole who's trying to buy the the property of the restaurant or whatever. You're probably you're probably right, and that sucks. And I get it. No, not that it sucks, but you're or right. Or he could be a, a another restaurant owner who's trying to hire Carmen yeah, away or hire a, Sydney yeah, away. That could be cool. Yeah, so, you know. Like trying to steal Sydney from him, forcing Carmen to pay her more money or something like that. That could be cool. See, I just, uh, you know, instead of seeing him be a fucking come in there and be a dick, and that's fine if he does, whatever, he's playing the role. But I'd rather see him as a cool character or a funny character, at least, rather than just somebody who is an asshole. Like, you don't want him to, who wants to play a guy everybody hates, man, you know? I totally agree with you. And uh, I don't know, how Chicago can we get? Is there any particular, like, song you would like to hear him drop like a needle drop or any particular thing for me you know what i want to see i want to see the dicka like the the snl like the the bears the dicka i want to see that somehow dude i like that i like that man and i think that because they're from and they do a they you know they do have a bit of this fucking mid to late 90s era vibe you know kind of a later 90s vibe with some of the, the soundtrack and everything and like I said earlier, that whole, uh, you know, the whole uh, uh, Radiohead let down at the end of the first uh, season. I can see more Radiohead. That would definitely be. Yeah, uh, I, but uh, where I was going is like, I'd like to see a little bit more Smashing Pumpkins because they're from Illinois. They're from like, you know, Chicago-ish area. And at uh, that time in that kind of style of music, I think I feel like we made, but not like, so I don't want to hear it today and Disarm. I think they're, I think they go into some cuts. 
let's find some B-sides of some fucking pumpkin songs and put them on the fucking soundtrack for season two. Love that. I think that's fucking awesome. Nice. <laughs> All right, uh, Soup, tell everybody uh, what's coming up next on the Bear Brigade. More pumpkin. Bear. More pregnancies than the bear. That's all I got. <laughs> Poking the bear definitely does sound like a uh, late era Smashing Pumpkins album. I'm there for it. Uh, thanks again for watching, listening, all that good stuff. Again, regular dudes watch stuff, the Bear Brigade, YouTube, wherever you get your pods on social media, at dudes watch stuff. Don't forget the flaps. Follow, like, and please subscribe. Helps other people find the show. We really appreciate it. That's a lot of words, and honestly, I'd like to stay and say more words, but it's almost time for family dinner. In the meantime, uh, soup. Let it rip. See you soon, Chef. Heard, <laughs> <Her>, Chef. <laughs>